I'm always grateful, I'm always humbled to be able to share God's Word with His people, but especially here at the, the church where my family uh, members and you're a part of our family. I'm so grateful to Spring Valley Baptist for the years of investment in us and helping us grow closer in our walk with the Lord, especially to our pastor and ministry staff. Thank you for the investment that you've made in our family. We're just so grateful to be a part of you. Today, as we look at God's Word, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 5, and I'm going to begin reading with verse 1 there of Luke chapter 5. If you've got a copy of God's Word, you may want to use that today, either on your app on your phone or the written Word in front of you, because we're going to be referencing it during the sermon today. Luke chapter 5, beginning with verse 1, as you've seen as you've come in, we're going to be focusing on Jesus' call to the deep to go deep with him. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. May God add his blessings to the reading of his word this morning. You know, fishing is a a sport that is enjoyed by a wide variety, a wide array of people. All ages, both genders, all types of people who love to go out and go fishing. I'm going to ask for a show of hands this morning. How many of you, when given the opportunity and chance, love to go out and go fishing? Show of hands. I see a lot. Yes, very good. Okay, I see those hands, and I want you to know that I'm available when you're available. I'll have my phone number for you after the service, okay? Countless numbers of men and women and children love to go out and throw out the line and ready to catch a lot of fish. But you know, a lot of people never really realize this, but it's important to know. Even experienced fishermen sometimes don't know this. Fishing is so much more than catching fish. Jesus understood the value of fishing. 
In fact, if you read through the scriptures, you'll see that a lot of biblical stories reference fishing or happen in an encounter or an experience with fishing. A number of the earliest disciples, the earliest followers of Jesus were fishermen. And one of the earliest Christian symbols, the symbols of the faith, it wasn't the cross, it was actually an ichthus, the Jesus fish. It came about because the, in early Christianity, a lot of Christians were going through persecution. And in order to really understand or know that they were connecting with somebody that might be a friend in Christ, a brother or sister in Christ, they would go and either with a, a stick or with their foot, they would draw half of that little fish. They'd step back and wait for the other person to complete the shape of the fish so they would know that that acquaintance was somebody that was a friend or a brother and sister in Christ. They even took the word ichthus and gave it a, a real profound spiritual meaning and statement. They would take each one of those Greek letters that make up ichthus and they would find Greek words that began with those letters and they would come up with the English expression that we know today as this, Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior. Jesus understood and loved fishing. In fact, here in Luke chapter 5, we see one of the the famous stories of Jesus inviting some of his would-be followers to go on a fishing expedition with him. And man, did they catch a lot of fish. But they were given so much more than a boatload of fish. In fact, Jesus would give to them a glimpse, a foretaste of what would happen when they would follow him to the deep, when they would go deeper in their relationship with him and their trust in him, and what he would do when they were obedient to follow his instructions and how he would bring the very glory of God in their midst when they would do it. Let me set the scene for you if I can. This is pretty early in Jesus' ministry. He's healed a few people. He's begun to do a little bit of teaching and preaching. In fact, at the end of chapter 4 in Luke's gospel, he says very clearly that I've come to preach the good news of the kingdom of God. This is why God has sent me. And so he's doing that. And here at the beginning of chapter 5, we see him by the side of the lake, Lake Gennesaret, or as other references call it, the Sea of Galilee. He's there and he's teaching. And the people are hungry for what he is sharing with them. They're hungry for the truth of God that he's communicating to them. That void in their soul is being filled by the very words that Jesus is communicating to them. And so they're crowding in. And Jesus, looking for a way to communicate God's truth to all of them in a more effective way, he he sees some empty boats there on the side of the lake shore. He gets in one of them. It turns out it's owned by Simon, who we will later know more famously by the name Peter that Jesus gives him. He asks Simon to put out a little bit from the shore, and there it is. What a marvelous scene. Jesus in that boat. We don't know if he's sitting or standing, but he's in that boat. He's looking back toward the shore. All of these people are there on the lake shore. And Jesus is using the natural acoustics of that, the the water there, to share the word of God to all of the people. Must have been an amazing 
seen to be a part of. But then after a while, Jesus looks at Simon and he says, I want us to leave this place and I want us to go out to the deep. He takes Simon out to the deep water. He shows him where to fish and how to fish. And we see how God provides an amazing miracle of all these fish coming into their boats. Their nets are breaking. Their boats are overflowing. But Jesus is providing for them and for us more than just a great fishing story that they could tell their children and grandchildren. Jesus is providing for them and for us an opportunity to understand what it means when Jesus calls us to follow him, to go deeper in our relationship with him. That call to go to the deep is a call to obey his word, to move beyond just the introductory level of following Jesus, the surface level of understanding of Jesus, but to go real deep to not only hearing the words of God, but to following and being obedient to what he says. And then to see what he will produce when we do that. So this morning, I want us to look at the call to the deep. Maybe this morning, the Lord is calling you to go deeper in your walk with the Lord. What does that involve? What does it mean? Well, first of all, from chapter 5, there in verse 4, I, see, I think we see the first step, and that is the call of, of obedience. The call of obedience. Jesus looked at Simon and said, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now I want you to understand what's happening there with Simon. Simon and the others have been in a very pleasant, a very comfortable place there in that boat near the lake shore. They've been listening to and taking in the words of God shared through His Son, Jesus. Their souls have been filled. It is a good place for them to be listening to the Word of God. And God wants us to listen to His Word. But Jesus looks at Simon and says, Okay, now I want, you, I want to take you and others to a deeper place. I want you to move to a deeper understanding of what it means to be my disciple." Not just to hear the words, not just to take those in and to be consumers of the word, but to actually be obedient to the word. To follow my instructions and to see what I will do when you're faithful to do that. He's looking at Simon Peter and saying, I want you to launch out into the deep. I want you to let down those nets. Follow my instructions. Trust my lead and see what happens. Many of you know that I work with college students across our state through a ministry that our church and other churches through the South Carolina Baptist Convention provide called Baptist Collegiate Ministry. That ministry is an amazing ministry to be a part of because every day, every week, I hear about and see students who are following God's call and seeing how God uses them. One of those students is a young lady that was a student at the College of Charleston. Her name was Samantha Samus. Samantha had gone the summer before her senior year in college with a group from our BCM to Peru on a mission trip. While they were on that mission trip, what they were doing was going into parks, public spaces where they would go in and, and have basketballs and try to drum up some basketball games. 
They'd go up and play other games and really trying to connect with the children, the youth of the community. And as they were connecting with them, then they would share biblical stories. They would share their testimonies and share the gospel. Well, on the way home, on the plane, Samantha says, I was praying on the way home. You know, you can pray anywhere. You can pray on a plane. In fact, a lot of people play, pray when a plane takes off, right? But Samantha was praying. And she said she knew without a doubt that God was communicating to her this message. He was calling her to this message. You know, Samantha, you can do the same thing in Charleston that you were doing in Peru. You can go into your community and find people and utilize sports and other activities to draw them and to connect Christ with them. And as she continued to pray, she said she became under conviction that God was saying to her, Listen, Samantha, you've been giving me a little bit of your life, but you've really been sort of selfish with your time and your energies. I'm calling you to invest a little more to give to people outside the church. And so she came back as a college senior. She started working with some of the other young people in the ministry there. And they looked around Charleston to find a place that they might connect in ministry. And the Lord led them to a playground right in the middle of one of Charleston's most difficult areas. It's called America Street. It's an area that has been ridden with a lot of drugs, a lot of violence, a lot of murders. A lot of people living in tough situations and in poverty there. But what they found right there in the middle of America Street was a beautiful city park, beautiful basketball court, a lot of facilities. But when they went in the afternoons, they found that nobody was using them. They knew there were kids and people all in that community, but nobody was there using that that playground. So the Lord led them to start on Friday afternoons just to go with some basketballs and other sports equipment out to that playground. And so they went. And the first Friday they went, just a few of the the young people that they connected with in the community came to join them. But they played and had a good time. The next week they went back, and there were more kids that came. The next week more kids came. And then the Lord began to communicate to them, you know what, you've got all these children here, you're having a good time with them, why don't you take a break in the game, have about a ten-minute devotion and share the good news of the gospel with them. And so they began to do that. And the kids kept coming. And before long, they realized, hey, summer's coming. We could provide a vacation Bible school right here on this playground court. And so they worked with some area churches, and they provided the Bible school that summer for those kids in that community. Well, that next fall, they began to do more. They provided a block party for the community, for adults and young people to come and to, to, to celebrate together, but also to connect with the community of Christ. All along the way, God was communicating to Samantha and the others to go a little deeper, a little bit deeper, to trust him. Well, eventually, God was communicating to Samantha to go deeper by investing herself in that community. She said she understood through her quiet time very clearly that God was saying to her, it's not enough for you to drive in from your apartment complex over there and to do this during the week. She said, I heard very clearly that God was calling me and others to to live there. And so she and seven other students 
rented a house in that community where people don't choose to live usually. But they rented this old house and began to live incarnationally in that community. And they opened up their home on Thursday nights. They still do it. Thursday nights. A meal for anybody in the community. Anybody that wants to come can come to their home. They share a Bible story and Bible discussion after that meal. Well, God just kept beginning to lead, and more and more, as, as Samantha and others went deeper, he continued to lead and to call. And ultimately, they developed their own ministry. It's now called Loving America Street. You can find it on lovingamericastreet.org. It's a, it's a ministry that is fully developed and now staffed by Samantha and others who are leading that ministry there. They, they've moved to planting gardens and cleaning up some of the community. And this summer, they even used help with the help of benefactors they, they developed a laundromat for the community because they realized that one of the greatest needs that community had was a clean, safe place to do laundry. God calling. His servant being obedient. And it wasn't unfolded all at once, was it? It was step by step. God calling for this step and this step. And as she was obedient and others were obedient, God has flourished that ministry to be the very voice of the gospel in that very difficult community. You know, God is calling people. I have no doubt about that. To go deeper in their relationship with him. It may not be like Samantha to to develop a ministry in a park somewhere, but he may be calling you to go deeper in your walk with him. For some of you, you've been hearing about the claims of Jesus. You've been understanding that he died for your sins. You've been understanding and hearing that he rose from the grave to claim victory over death and that you need to trust in him as your Savior and your Lord. That's his call to you, to trust him. For others of you who have made that step and that commitment, God may be speaking to you in another way. He may be speaking to you to go deeper in your devotional life, in your prayer life, or your family devotional life. Or it may be to go deeper outside the walls, beyond the walls of the church, to get into the community, to share the good news of the gospel with your neighbors or people in the community itself. God is always going to be working and calling us to go deeper in our trust and our obedience to him. Are we willing to listen? The second part of going to the deep is not just hearing the call of obedience, but you'll find the test of obedience. It's found there in verse 5. Look at how Simon responded to Jesus' call to go to the deep, to put those nets in the water. He said, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. You see his hesitancy, don't you? And we can understand that. Simon's a seasoned fisherman. He's been out there doing what he knows to do, and he's caught nothing in his own wisdom, his own earthly power. And he hesitates. Here's a question for us. Are we going to trust the words and the direction of the Lord in our lives, or are we going to give more weight to our own perspectives or our own thoughts? And you know, Peter's hesitancy was based on his past failure. And many of us are locked on those past failures. 
how we haven't seen it happen before, and so we're hesitant to trust God for the future. Sometimes we're, we're like this scene from my life that I want to describe to you. Many of you know that my son, Matthew, is a swimmer. In fact, Phil uh, alluded to that earlier. Uh, his parents, uh, Maria and I, we love to watch our son swim. We love to see how proficient he is now as a, a competitive swimmer. But I'll have to admit to you, sometimes when I see him at those meets and he's getting ready on the block to jump off on that competitive race, I don't see the 15-year-old competitive racer. Sometimes what I see is the little three-year-old Matthew with the little swimmies, you know. And I see him there on the edge of the pool over toward the deep end. I see him on the edge of the, the diving board. And I see him looking down at this big, big pool looking down at his parents who are calling out to him, trust us, come, jump. And I see that hesitancy in his face, in his perspective. But then he jumps. And you know what? That jumping in the pool back then was important for him to be able to be a competitive swimmer now. Launching out into the deep. Overcoming those hesitancies, those things that might keep us from trusting the Lord. But I want you to look at Simon's response. He is hesitant. He's looking back at his past, but ultimately he responds with the statement of faith. Look at what he says there in verse 5. But because you say so, Jesus, I will let down the nets. You see, that's a statement that Peter, Simon Peter is making, that Jesus is the authoritative voice in his life. His words are more important than any other words. If he gives the direction, I will follow, says Simon. John chapter 14, verse 23, Jesus says this, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Do you see the connection between loving the Lord and obeying him? And how God will come in and work in our lives. In this story, it's important to understand that Jesus is directing the action of everything that's going to happen in that boat and with those fish. He's directing it, and he's going to provide the results. But it's also important for us to understand today that success... And seeing God work there was dependent on Peter, Simon Peter, putting those nets down into the water. Jesus knew that a miracle could be provided, but he wanted to do it through the obedience of his follower. I wonder sometimes in my life or in our church's life, if we're not maybe seeing all that God wants to be done through us because we're hesitant to put our nets down to do what God is calling us to do. The secret to a perpetual and deep satisfaction as a child of God is found in absolute surrender to the will of God in every area of our life. Jesus said it like this in John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. The success of seeing God's power revealed 
is directly related to our connecting and being obedient to his words. The last or the next part of the call to the deep is the result of obedience. Look at that in verses 6 through 10. You see there that the, those fishermen went from having nothing to having an abundance. In their own power, they produced nothing. But with Jesus and directing the path, they had a, boatloads of fish that came in. It's an earthly miracle for sure. And yes, they were astonished by all the fish that they saw. But I want you to look at verse 8. Something even more incredible, more profound, more life-altering was happening with Simon Peter. This was more than catching fish. This was an opportunity and a time for him to recognize and to understand that he was having an encounter with the divine Son of God. And he also, I believe, realized that it was his obedience to follow God's word that allowed God to display his power and his glory for all of them. I think that's important. Simon Peter's obedience to the word provided an opportunity for God to display his power and his glory. And other people were able to experience it as well. Well, rightly so, Peter is humbled as he recognizes the Lord recognizes the response to his obedience, and he falls down and he says, Lord, I'm a sinful man. He recognized who God was, he recognized who he was, and it made him humble. But I want you to see another miracle that happens there. Jesus looks at him and says, listen, Simon Peter, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to trust me and to follow me, because I'm going to help you be a leader of people and men. Other people are going to know about the good news of the gospel because of you. Lives are going to be changed because of you if you follow me. The last part of that call to the deep is found there in verse 11. It's the response of obedience. They were so consumed, so passionate, that they left everything to follow Jesus. I want you to understand and see that they left those things behind. Why? Because everything else paled in comparison to what Jesus was going to do in their lives. Following Jesus was the most important thing for them. They had to leave everything else behind and to follow after him. God says that he's going to do amazing and powerful things through those who fully devote to following him. Look at what 2 Chronicles 16, 9 says. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Let me ask you a question this morning. Where is the Lord leading you? What is God calling you to today? Is he calling you to trust him as your savior? Is he calling you to move out from the comfort of the shoreline to go out to a deeper place in faith and trust in him? Maybe there are some here like Samantha who you know very specifically how God's been calling you and speaking to you. There's something he's laying on your heart to do, and you know it. Have you been hesitant? Are you ready 
to fully trust Him. Jesus' invitation is to go to the deep, to put your nets in the water, and to follow Him. Let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank You, Lord, for the power of Your Word. We thank You, God, for this amazing story where You can communicate to Your disciples and to us the power of obedience. Lord, I pray for each of us here in the time of response. However Your Spirit is leading and communicating, Lord, I pray that Your people would respond with full surrender, full faith and trust in how You're leading. Lord, we pray your spirit would guide this time of response. In the name of Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen.